0: Welcome to the Wealth Collective podcast, where the goal is to make finance fun and accessible to everyday Australians, sharing tips and tricks on how people can improve their financial position and have a laugh along the way. The information contained on this podcast is general advice only and hasn't taken into account your personal circumstances. Before acting on any of the content you've heard, you should consult your own financial advisor to consider whether that is appropriate for you. Hello and welcome everyone to the 28th episode of the Wealth Collective Podcast. It's Friday the 7th of June. I'm Zach Masters. And I'm Pete Penica. So Pete, it's been a big week um, in the finance world this week with obviously the RBA or Reserve Bank of Australia deciding to cut interest rates for the first time in a while. Yeah, depending on which side of the fence you sit, if you're a debt holder or you've got lots of money, um, you're either happy or sad. So, Yeah, so it's been um, quite interesting. There's obviously winners and losers out of this, but we thought we'd talk about how to invest for income in a low interest rate environment, um, as it's pretty topical at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's pretty keen. I think you know what you what you've done traditionally for you know for the last sort of ten years or so, it's got to change because you know, interest rates are yeah at all time lows. So it's pretty um pretty interesting times ahead.
0: Perfect. So let's start off with talking about what's changed since the last Reserve Bank Board meeting.
1: Um, Yeah, fair bit's gone on. So obviously the big ticket item was the coalition sort of won the federal election, which is a bit of a shock result. Um, And that's given us some policy stability because they didn't have a hell of a lot of changes. Um, In terms of what's probably contributed to the RBA making the move to cut rates is the jobless rate has sort of increased from 5.1 to 5.2. Um, you know, wages have risen by two point four percent. That's pretty uh, mild. Um, and then the sort of the big ones are sort of house prices have actually fallen again, so 04 of a percent in May, um, based on the core logic numbers. And then credit growth, uh, you know, three point seven percent, which is really really low. So that's the lowest it's been in sort of five and a half years. So that means that people aren't sort of going out and borrowing. So The housing market's a really big part of the Australian economy to get people spending and actually Mm -hmm. create jobs. So um, that all happened. But on the flip side, the Australian share market hit a sort of 11 and a half year high straight after the election because I think everyone was um, getting very excited. The franking credits were back on and no changes and sort of negative gearing's back. So everyone sort of had a bit of a song and dance for those that sat on the coalition side. So obviously we, there's a few people out there not too happy with the outcome. <laughs> um, the Aussie dollar's been pretty firm, but now there's a bit of uncertainty in, in terms of global trade where sort of, you know, the US and China, there's a lot of tensions there. And that may, there's a worry that may actually have a sort of a flow on effect to other economies as well. So um, US is sort of, like they're going to leave things. So they're going to sort of sit um, pretty conservative and just leave rates on hold. So I think all of that's contributed to a little bit of, uncertainty and the, the
0: RBA through monetary policy is trying to
1: stimulate the economy. So,
0: Yeah, so obviously it's good news for first-time buyers and as you said, people with a mortgage. Um, yeah, if, you're on, if you're on a variable rate, if
1: you're on a fixed rate, um, not that I go canning fixed rates all the time, <laughs> but um,
0: that sort
1: of goes to the point of why you have a variable rate and just ride right the is because a lot of those
0: fixed rates are obviously the the banks know what's coming, so they've already factored it in. Mm. So obviously, less positive news for those relying on interest income like self funded retirees. Um, but the hope is that the lower rates and other stimulus measures like tax tax cuts cause consumers to spend, um, obviously, and then in turn the businesses lift hiring and investment. Um, so you'll see, you know, hopefully growth in the economy, um, which which in turn can relate to the the kind of stock. Yeah, market share portfolios and
1: that goes to they want to stimulate the economy so overall if they can stimulate the economy it it should be a win for everyone because a lot of retirees still have growth assets and then yeah in the reserve bank statement they've sort of indicated that the decision to lower the cash rate is going to assist with a faster progress of reducing unemployment and also progress towards the inflation target so um Mr. Lowe is pretty keen to actually get that between that band and hmm. um, and also look, you know, attack the job jobless rate because that's, that's a key problem as well.
0: Yeah, so we're going to start by running through the five ways to invest for income in a lower interest rate environment. Pete, what's your first one?
1: Yeah, I think, look, one of the alternatives and very timely after the, the, the coalition win in the election is to invest in high-quality dividend-paying businesses. So, you know, the benefits of this are not only do you get the income you get the franking credit as well so obviously tax is already paid so you get a, a kicker in terms of um, a credit there in terms of what you're paying on an income tax um, basis or if you're not paying any income tax you still get that cash refund it is a reliable source of income so most of these actually get paid every six months um, so pretty consistent you know it's gonna happen most of the time like it can be adjusted so you, there's no guarantees with anything so businesses can adjust it but traditionally it's one it's something they try and keep um, yeah, keep pretty steady, and then also the other one is you also can have the benefit of capital gains as well if you do choose those businesses wisely. And I do say that wisely; it's easier said than done. Um, but there is the chance of actually having capital growth as well as the income. So that's sort of why I would sort of open the open the eyes to having allocating part of that
0: um, yeah to
1: dividend paying businesses.
0: Yeah. Um, so my tip for number two is following on from yours, Pete, is to look for growth and not just income. Um, so Warren Buffett's pretty famous for this with his company Berkshire Hathaway um, over in the US that he doesn't pay out dividends. So well, he never, never paid any dividends. That nope. doesn't pay him out, so he feels it's better off the, the company um, using that that money and investing it in other ways. Um, That's pretty um, ridiculous. Who who would think that <laughs> Warren
1: Buffett can invest the the money better than the average Joe on the streets?
0: Yeah, and then obviously his his um his vision is that if you want income, sell off a few shares, um. So if you, which, if you got Berkshire Hathaway from a, a while ago, <laughs> if you have got the Class A shares, <laughs> yeah. selling off one share is quite a bit. Of coin, so. Um, so that's where I think people should look at um, options of going. All right, maybe if there's not, you know, too many great income options out there that you're seeing, that to look for growth and then sell those down in the future when you need income. So don't see it as though, yeah, you know, just just restricting yourself to shares that pay high dividends.
1: Yeah, and the good thing with that as well of selling down. Capital to actually generate some cash flow is you can choose when you actually trigger that capital gain. So you know you get you're eligible for the CGT discount if you've held those assets over 12 months. So actually might be more advantageous and actually a better net result um, to actually fund your income needs by way of sort of selling down the appropriate sort of um,
0: capital gains. Perfect and Pete number three. What's your tip for that?
1: Uh, so I'm going to go with diversifying to infrastructure. So um, big fan of infrastructure, especially for retiree portfolios. I think it, it's a really sort of good foundation piece to have as part of the overall mix. And the reason for that is it aligns well because it's they're long life assets. They cover you know a range of sectors that don't go out of fashion. So we're talking about things like transport, um, telecommunications, airports, energy. Um, yeah, you know, social infrastructure. So these are things that don't go out of fashion and they're things that are supported by governments and we need to get right. Um, they provide stable income, generally good from a risk-adjusted uh, return basis, low volatility, and most of the income, think of your CityLink um, e-tag pass, inflation yep. link. Prices go up every year. Constantly, constantly going you, up. You don't get a say in it. It just beeps every time and you keep paying. You, so don't, you don't stop travelling. Under, under <laughs> otherwise, you have to drive for an extra two hours and that's not a good... Not good use of your time either so uh, what do you got for us so anything else on your tip side? uh
0: so number four I've gone is to not discount cash um so yes at the moment like people might look at cash returns as not being worth it in a low interest rate environment but i think they also need to look at the the bigger picture that the cash is liquid and provides you a buffer against volatility like we're very big on having a cash cash buffer on hand at all times to make sure um not only it gives you flexibility um to cover certain events happening whether that's lifestyle events or you know um, factors within your investment portfolio but it also allows you um, to be able to take advantages if they arise as well so if um, you know something happens and you need to to buy on that day or you need to buy quite quickly that you've got the liquid cash sitting there as well so don't go I don't want to hold any. Yeah. Cash necessarily. I think that's when you get caught with your pants down. I think mean, yeah. another
1: Warren Buffer one is sort of when the tide goes out, you get to see who's been swimming without any um without any shorts on. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty pretty scary <laughs> thing if that water's cold as well. So um yeah, the other thing is obviously government guarantee would apply to cash deposits as well. So yeah, it's another sort of safety net that you've got with that. Um so you know, there's a price you pay for that certainty though, of really low interest rate returns but I think you're right with the flexibility and what have you got for the last one number five Uh, it is a slightly yeah it's not a super exciting one I've gone bonds and fixed income so you know if you are conservative uh, there is the risk that if you go sort of chasing these dividend paying stocks infrastructure or growth as you sort of talked about as well you're taking on a lot of capital volatility and you're climbing up that sort of uh, the risk spectrum which might not be appropriate so I've sort of thought you know Bonds and fixed income, underappreciated, probably under-allocated towards, um, but might become back in vogue as well. So these are a bit long, longer life than nutritional t- term deposit. And I think um, there's a lot of um, different types of fixed income that people probably aren't aware
0: I was hate to. They're
1: tr- the bigger uh, markets than equity markets, which yeah. you know, surprised me when I first started in finance. So These are trillion-dollar markets. Massive scale, so many different options to choose from. So you can go right up and down the risk spectrum, even within mm. fixed income and bonds. Yeah, I think
0: that's an important part that people don't understand. Oh, yeah. don't, there's risky fixed income Yeah, Re- Read yeah. beyond the label so understand what you're
1: buying. Um, so I know there was one investment, it was called Absolute Return Fund that seemed really aggressive to me. And when I sort of peeled back, it's like one of the most conservative um, investment funds I've seen. So mm. um, very just like volatility just above cash. Um, so these ones provide capital preservation. You've got some certainty on return of capital. You can choose your credit quality as well um, and gives you a diversification rate from equity. So I think it's a, it's a very, very important part to sort of complement what you've meant, said before about um, cash holding as well. So um, they're the top five. So just to recap, we had sort of access to dividend um, paying businesses, high quality. Um, also, you know, as Zach pointed out, sort of looking for growth and not just sort of putting the blinkers on for income. Um, we talked about sort of the third one, which was, you know, considering an, an allocation towards infrastructure, um, not discounting cash came in fourth, but um, and then sort of fin- wrapping it up with, you know, um, allocating some money towards bonds and fixed income. So I think there are solid five uh, things to consider. And, you know, it's not the be all and end all, but I think that's a good good summary to get Uh, cracking with yeah
0: definitely so as always if you've got any questions don't be afraid to uh, message us at connectapicata.com.au And if you could give us five stars and share it around, that'd be great as well.
1: I didn't realize all the, there's algorithms behind this. So the more people that give it five stars, the easier it is for um, the message to get out there and people to find it. So um, yeah, we do want to do it and sort of um, help more people and sort of get people listening to it. So yeah, give us a, give us a little thumbs up and a, a five star. That'd be great. That's it. And we'll see you next week. Cheers.
0: Thanks for tuning into the wealth collective podcast. You can get in touch with us and send any questions to connect at picada.com.au or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. If you have enjoyed this, then please subscribe and five star us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Until next time, live well and be prosperous.